And we are back. Let's talk about God. Episode 18. Let's go. How are you since uh, the hour ago that I also asked you how you were for episode 17? I'm I'm just I'm absolutely wonderful. We had a <laughs> we had a great we had a great time talking about angels and that whole thing and um I'm a I love barbecue and when we get through this mm. we're going to go eat barbecue. So it's going to be delicious. We're just going to talk about God and his word and when we finish here we're going to pack it up and drive a short distance to a local barbecue place and I'm going to get some ribs. Ooh, and baked beans mm-hmm, and mm. maybe some fried okra and cheat. Today's my cheat day and have sweet tea and oh, we better hurry and get this thing over with. It's gonna be delicious. Delicious. I can't wait. Can't wait. What are you? Um, before we get going, what are you reading right now that your listeners might be interested in? I am actually rereading a book called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I'm going to make a strong statement. Every Christian man, every man for that matter, every Christian man who is listening to the sound of my voice should go buy this book or download it on ebooks or whatever you got, iBook, whatever. Get this book, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, E-L-D-R-E-D-G-E. Wow. It is a book that's about being a man and about being a man of God. Uh, every man ought to read that book and maximize manhood by Edmund Lewis Cole. So I'm rereading it and man, it'll just, it'll deal with you and it'll make you want to be a better man, a better man of God, a better husband to your wife. It'll make you deal with the wounds that many men have received. Um, some men are struggling with their masculinity because they didn't have a father in their life to teach them. Men, fathers teach their boys how to be masculine. You know, I, you, I have you and Jaron, my two sons, and uh, I, it was my job, and I believe I've done it, to teach you guys how to be masculine, mm-hmm. how to be men. And men and masculinity are under attack in America. And yeah. I think this book is needed more than ever before. I mean, we are who we are because we are made in the image of God. Women are made. Women are the excellence, the beauty, the tenderness of God. You, you see that in a woman and mm-hmm. a man. You see the adventurous spirit, the wildness, the warrior, the pursuit of, of the woman and the beauty and to be the rescuer. That's why we like action movies and why we like to, you know, you and I one time loaded up and drove out East West Tennessee and sat out in the freezing cold <laughs> hunting ducks and it's man stuff. Yeah. You know, we do it because it's just we push ourselves and it's the adventure. Um and then all that ties into your spiritual life. So many people think your spiritual life is just kind of dull and boring. But, man, when you're a man of God, spiritual life should be an adventure. Yeah. So I'm all fired up. You can tell. Love it. That's awesome. Go get both of those, Wild at Heart and Maximize Manhood. That's what you said? Yep. Go get them today. If you're a woman, I don't know what you get. Maximize Womanhood. Oh, I just got one for your mom. I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of similar to that. What are you reading? What are you reading right now? Uh, this is so nerdy and not great. For <laughs> listeners, I bought the major works of St. Anselm because I was really interested in the things that he did. And I've been a super slow reader for the past month oh. or whatever. 
It, it's been excellent though. I've loved it, but it's not quick reading. You might enjoy it. Yeah, it's not quick reading because he's just he's kind of all over the map because he's got multiple different works. So he did like two on his argument for the existence of God called the ontological argument that we spent some time arguing about, <laughs> not on the <laughs> podcast. Um, he's got. Uh, he's got one that I think will pertain to us today where he tries to describe uh, why the devil fell or how he fell, how that made sense, which I think was really cool. Uh, being a good Catholic in the 10, I, I guess like the year three, 1000, 1033 or something, he describes um, how Mary could be sinless or whatever. <laughs> oh, no. So that was very, that was a very interesting work. So just reading a lot of different things. So um, it was just kind of cool to just get this really old perspective on somebody. And um, he is also credited as being, I, guess, I mean, I guess the father of the way we view the the atonement now. We, If you haven't listened to it, we did an episode on the atonement. That's, and so it's that's right. the idea that, um, you know, we've, you know, we've sinned against God. And so someone has to pay that debt. He really takes more of like an honor perspective on it that God's honor has been, you know, hurt or whatever and he needs repayment. Anyways, he's kind of credited with being the father of that in a way uh with his work and then there's been development from there. So I got to learn like a whole lot of different things. Who who, who adheres to that? The reformed theology or or yeah, Catholic I mean, it, church it, it, or who the the Catholic Church definitely like built off of that, that idea of kind of merits of you've done you done wrong and you know you need to be restored. It kind of stems from Augustine and then the Reformed theology and even us, because due to our podcast, really have more towards penal substitution that. though. Yeah, it's developed into more penal substitution, but yeah. he really laid the groundwork I got you. for it. Okay. Um, anyways, I enjoyed it. So all right, I'm so listeners, learn. do you want to read dusty theology that evidently half of it's not right? Or do you want to read a wild, awesome book called Wild at Heart? You just decide. St. <laughs> Anselm is great. There's a lot to learn, but I would probably go read Wild at Heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, sorry. That was really, that took up a lot of time at the beginning, but hope that you enjoyed that. Maybe you'll go read something. If any of you decide to go read Anselm, please let me know <laughs> so we can talk about it. Today, we are going to um, demonstrate our knowledge on oh, a certain no, topic. You just n- did not do that. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. No. That's so bad. Come on. I'm just trying to improve our spirits. Oh, no. That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to our listeners, I apologize. <laughs> He's really punny today. He's a punny guy. Oh, my goodness. Our standard for jokes have really fallen, don't you know? Speak for yourself. (laughs) My standards are still up. Okay? Yours have dropped to below the line. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Demonstrate. That's just hilarious. That was a good one. I want to be a messenger of knowledge today. Yes. the last one. All right. Today we're talking about (laughs) demons. That's where we're going to demonstrate our knowledge. Um, If you haven't checked it out, um, our previous episode was on angels. And so we'd really like you to check that out first. You can still totally listen to this episode on its own today. Um, but And it's right here. We're right on the verge of Halloween. That's good. So, so we're going to be talking about 
some spooky the and spicy. Spooky, spicy stuff from the Bible <laughs> right at Halloween. So we were going to talk Ooh. about demons. <laughs> you give you some background? So, man, <laughs> stick with the theme. Um, but today we want to talk to you about um, about demons because it, it kind of sticks with the theme of angels. We know the past couple of months we've really done two-parters. We're not always going to do that. So far, the plan for next month will be two kind of separate topics. But I think it's helpful to in you know in a month in two episodes to really be able to bring different topics together. So baptism and communion here, angels and demons, um, and I hope that you learn from it. So as always, we're going to start with our thirty second definition. What's your thirty second definition? What is a demon? What are demons? Uh, demons are fallen angels that fell with Lucifer who deceive and receive false worship and do Satan's bidding and possess certain individuals. That is the best definition I've ever heard. It's because it was yours and I just read it. <laughs> Excellent definition. I have to agree. Absolutely. But yeah, I think, I think that's fantastic. Demons are angels, but they are fallen angels. They followed Lucifer, and, and they do all kinds of um, horrible things. I think I would add to that. Now, we'll, we'll start getting serious here for a little, at least a little bit, that they're spirits. Mm-hmm. They're unclean spirits. Absolutely. They're often called unclean spirits yeah. or evil spirits. So I think that is descriptive of their, their spiritual state, Yeah, you know, that they're wicked. They're, they're totally depraved, depraved, totally evil, yeah. Yeah. Um, evil spirits who serve and our, um, Lucifer. And antagonistic. Yeah, they serve so all the things you know what that I just said um, are the negatives within the realm of Satan. Mm-hmm. But but the but the other side of that is they are in opposition to the will of God. They're the, the like, plan of God, antithesis of good angels yeah. and God. They are angels. They're designed to be messengers and to be servants. But now they're messengers of Satan. Of they're Satan. servants of Satan. Um, you know, they don't minister to humanity, but they're antagonistic to humanity. Um, I think we kind of see just the exact opposite, but though we can still learn about them from learning from angels. Angels are protagonists and the demons are antagonists. Absolutely. So let's hop into it. What are demons? Um, demon in English is derived from the Greek word that means deity or divinity. So therefore you get like a false deity, a false divinity from that word demon. And so they, um, you know that they are false. They serve Satan, who is false. They themselves are false. Um, they're created spiritual beings, and they're angels. They're fallen angels. At one point, they were pure. At one point, they were good. The Bible says God created everything good. God only creates good. But at some point, they they became corrupted, and they followed the leading of Lucifer. And like we talked about last episode, Revelation chapter twelve seems to say that one-third of the angels fell with Lucifer. We also said that, I mean, the way that the Bible describes the amount of angels is uh, almost uncountable. So one-third of this billions upon billions upon billions of angels fell. So who knows how many demons are. But they are outnumbered by the good angels. Um, They're completely corrupt and evil um, the Bible makes no mention of reconciliation to demons, no redemption. They are lost, and um, and their eternity uh, is to be in hell, which was actually completely designed for them. Um, they're spirits, and so they're extra strong, but they are definitely not as strong as God. They're immortal, 
But I wrote down they are not going to like where they end up nope. for eternity. They end up in hell at all. Gehenna for eternity. Um, the Bible often uses the word spirit to de- to describe demons. So, like you said, an uh, an evil spirit or an unclean spirit. Um, and I think this is interesting. Demons are often described by what they do. Mm-hmm. And so, in the Bible, we see things like a spirit of infirmity, or Jesus says, "You know, come out of him, you dumb and deaf spirit." Um, and and which so, would be mute. mute. Yeah, mute. mute. Yeah. Um, it's old King James, but mute. Yeah. So you see that that. Demons are associated with what they do. So I want to ask you this question. Do you think it's safe to say that there might be a demon for any sin or evil thing found in the Bible? It could be. There's nothing in the Bible that specifically says that um, Mm -hmm. because sins uh, often, you know, flow from our choices and the devil is not the only source of sin. So, you have the three enemies of the soul, which is your your own flesh, the devil, and then the world and this world system, which is um, antagonistic to God and mm-hmm. his plan. So uh, you might be stretching a little bit to yeah. say that because then you're going to blame the devil for everything, for everything. <laughs> when a lot of things, sometimes it's us and our flesh, or it's because of somebody in the world that's influencing us, and even though it's under indirectly this way of the devil, mm-hmm. but there, but it is safe to say though that there are times where Satan is behind certain situations, negative situations, um, whether that is a sinful act or whether that's a sinful a condition brought on by. Yeah, for example, a spirit of infirmity that you can be sick because of Satan. Doing something to your body, uh, you're, and let's be clear here now. You're 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 an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. You're not born again, so you are under the rule and reign of the devil. Yeah, and then Satan just wanting to give you a hard time makes you sick, and it's because you're allowing him to have access in your life. If you're involved in anything that may even remotely connect with the occult or something along mm-hmm. that lines, that opens the door for even greater opportunities for that. And of course, ultimately we'll talk about this demon possession. So um, the devil can do a lot of those things. There's things that the devil can get involved mm-hmm. in um, that, that can affect you. Um, at, at the time of us, of this podcast recording um, just recently, you we've had the shooting in Texas yeah, where the guy with the rifle lost his job and two police officers pulled him over and he pulls a rifle out and starts shooting and then just kills several people wounds a number of people before he was taken out. Uh, I know a lot of times some of this could be, there aren't easy answers, could be mental illness, mm-hmm. which is a very real condition, chemical imbalances, whatever. But I think the vast majority of these situations uh, with, with these mass shooters, there has to be, there has to be, Evan, demonic involvement. Yeah. So either whether influence or possession. Or possession. There what has to be the, the the coldness and the cruelness and the and the inability to to cherish life. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's right up there with terrorism. Yeah, you know the terrorists who just have no just no value for human life. I, I think that's the, the the you you drop to the depths, the lowest depths of wickedness, and there you find Satan and hell. Yeah, I I would totally agree. I I think it ugh, it just goes beyond. I mean, even for just sinful humanity, it just it it goes down to the depths, to the bottom of the floor, 
it goes past all logic. You don't even care about your own life. I, I think that takes a special influence of evil. Oh, yes. No and, doubt. And that's what Satan wants to see in the world. Um, we see demons, especially in the New Testament, because Jesus is casting them out, and then later on, um, his apostles and disciples and things like that. But even in the Old Testament, do we see demons pictured? If so, maybe not that much. Um, I know we talked about last episode, it was a demon that the archangel Michael had to defeat in the book of Daniel, because um, Gabriel had gone to send that message, and then he radioed for backup, and then Michael The prince came of Persia. In. Yeah. Yeah, and it just seems like that we talked about in the last episode, we need to mention it here, Paul in Ephesians um, 6 talks about spiritual warfare, and, and he makes reference that we don't wrestle against human beings, Yeah, even though sometimes it may feel like it, there are spirits behind the human beings, and when there's antagonism. So he said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, things mm-hmm. like that. And he creates in that verse a hierarchy, yeah. what seems to be a hierarchy, so there are levels of demons. And you do see a little bit of that in the Old Testament, but obviously... There's a whole lot more of it in the New Testament mm-hmm. where Jesus is casting out demons and then the disciples are casting out demons and Paul is casting out demons. So you have um, the exorcisms that are taking place and you're seeing the demons manifesting. You see spirits influencing people, uh, whether that's Ananias, you know, and sometimes yeah. that it's called Satan. For Satan, Ananias, yeah. Satan has filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. Judas was. Possessed literally by literally Satan. by the Satan, none other than Satan himself. So yeah, you see it a whole lot more in the New Testament. Now, th- this is a question that I have that I just wanted to throw in there. the The story of David and Saul is a very popular one. People are very familiar with that. Um, we see that God sends a evil spirit to torment Saul, and this causes him to do all kinds of evil things. Would is this a demon? Is God what? How do we work that out? What is that? Yeah, and and. You know, it's not like the there's there's a there's a there's not a dichotomy, but maybe a dichotomy. But there's there's a dynamic that's occurring that may be a little weird for us because mm-hmm. our concept is you're either in the good camp or the bad camp, and you don't go over to the bad camp, and the good guys don't give them the bad guys. But isn't necessarily like that with God? That even though the the demons of fallen angels are antagonistic toward God. I mean, in the book of Job, you had Satan coming in into heaven yeah. before God. Yeah, standing before him. And so they're still, he's still God, he's still Lord. They, they can't get away from him. And so they're still under his rule and reign, even though he's allowing them to operate in their wickedness. But ultimately, they still answer to him. Mm-hmm. And so if he, in his sovereignty, wants to use them, then he does. Yeah. Thus... Uh, Satan came and said, let me, let me F Job, just give me permission. So he did, but for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. So Satan thought he was having his way, but actually God was having his way to test Job and to deal with some things in Job's life. Same thing with, with, um, with Saul, God used that, that demon. There, there were demonic forces that were used, uh, by God to, to speak to, wicked kings to get them to do what he wanted mm. them to do, lying spirits put in the mouth of false prophets to get them to do what God wanted them to do. So the Lord can use the devil. Um, and so, yeah, I think there, and then, you know, David would play his music and it would, the anointed music, music yeah. 
It's made powerful about the anointing, the anointed music. God would then say to the devil, okay, the anointing, you have to back off. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole picture there. Um, Paul, we know um, from his writings, said that he had a thorn in the flesh. In First Corinthians, I think it's First Second Corinthians, he talks about this thorn in the flesh. And it's obviously, as you read it, it's a mess. He calls it a messenger of Satan. Mm. So that has to be a demonic something spirit <laughs> that God permitted to attack him physically. So there was something physically. Well, Paul prayed three times in spiritual warfare: "Take this thing off me, give me the victory," expecting to have that victory because we have power over the devil. But Paul then understood that because he had been caught up in the spirit into the third heavens and got these unbelievable. I mean, who does that? Yeah. Who gets caught up into the third heavens <laughs> directly face-to-face with God and gets direct revelation that ends up in the mm-hmm. Bible? Okay. That's going to puff you up. Yeah. You're gonna, that's going to make you cocky. That's going to make you feel superior. And so God said, I need to keep you humble and make you remember that you're just a man and I'm God. And I'm sure cockiness was no foreign thing to Paul. No. Saul, he, he was on top. No. And so he said that God sent the, that messenger of Satan to keep, to humble him and to help him, you know, to not have these revelations make him feel like he, to keep him to remember, you're just a man and you suffer yeah. and you're going to die. And, and Paul said, it's amazing, instead of grumbling, griping about what the devil, devil was doing to him, he said, it's cool. His grace is sufficient for me because mm-hmm. I'm learning that in my weakness, he's my strength. Yeah. And so even when the devil, that's just a good lesson right here is even when the devil's attacking you and you should go into spiritual warfare, but if the Lord says, nah, I got, he's doing something on you on purpose, then you need to say, God's still in control and it'll pass. You know, mm-hmm. God, if not, God will get me through. I'm still trusting him. Yeah. Devil, you're going to lose either way. He's a lion on a leash. Yeah, I told a lion that. on a. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I'm pretty sure I stole that from Matt Chandler. So okay. don't give me credit. That's but a good. I one. like it. Lion on a leash. Um, so while we're on that, just going off in a little bit of a rabbit trail, I, I think people are going to walk away from that and go, "Okay, the the Apostle Paul, God allowed a spirit to do something for him." So does that look? It's obviously, and we'll get into this. Clearly, not demonic possession. Do we describe that as demonic oppression? And then two, do we describe that as normative or something that God specifically allowed to the Apostle Paul who got caught up in the third heavens and did all kinds of things that could puff him up beyond the normal individual? I I don't know that it's normative, but you cannot say that God can't use the devil for his ultimate purposes and plans Mm -hmm. in the life of a believer. You can't say that because you go from Job to Paul, there's just two tremendously powerful examples that you just of righteous men yeah i mean when god's bragging on you hey satan if you consider my servant job i mean when god brags on you that's pretty good yeah. i mean you can't get any better than that so but is it normative i don't know i i think god does i think god can and if he does ultimately it's for a greater good mm-hmm. and you're going to come out on top because he's going to job had a little self-righteousness he was righteous but i think job had a little bit of self-righteousness in him and God used that situation to humble him mm-hmm. and to get him uh, to get that out of him. So, see, God's going to ultimately work for our character. But I think more when you talk about normative, I think it's more of uh, the attacks of Satan, spiritual warfare, um, even oppression um, is still 
I, I, I think oftentimes, of course, demon possession, I, my theology is really strong here today. I think yours is the mm-hmm. same way. I do not, not, not believe that a born-again, spirit-filled believer can be demon-possessed. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm against yeah, There are people who do, option. but I'm not. There's yeah. just That's not happening for me, okay? Um, even oppression, I think, happens to unbelievers, okay? Now, in the midst of warfare, you can feel like you're oppressed. Mm-hmm. It, it, there can be an onslaught. It could be a strategy of the devil to try to make you feel like you are overwhelmed, because mm-hmm. if I'm oppressed, it means... But if I'm oppressed, it means I am under the heavy hand of Satan, and I can't do anything about it. Now, that's that's not in line with what we know. We have more power than the devil. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. So we have authority over the devil. But there are times in spiritual warfare, you can be in a battle, and it feels oppressive. But if you keep fighting, ultimately you win, and the oppression leaves. But people who stay under a cloud of oppression, I think, are unbelievers who are Satan is coming on them. Could be somebody who's backslidden. Somebody who's grown weak in the Lord, and they're not where they need to be. So it's it's too complex. There are too many nuances to this, um, I think. But spiritual warfare, the battle, is the normative for us, where but, we're wrestling yeah. and fighting. So for someone who maybe is listening to this or is just maybe a young Christian, that they, they don't have reason to walk away in anxiety and go, well, maybe X, Y, Z is demonic oppression or the demons or... No. Do, we, do we walk away from Paul's situation worried, or we walk away going, okay? No, I don't. And you got to be careful that you don't go down the the trail, which I've seen people do, of everything's the devil. Mm-hmm. Oh, the devil's doing this. The devil's doing that. I remember Dad said one time, my dad, he said, I don't even know if the devil's been to, and he named the town. He said, I don't even know if the devil, Satan, has ever even been here. <laughs> you know, but we blame everything on Satan. Satan's yeah. doing this. Devil's doing it. Um, you don't want to blame everything on the devil. Most yeah. most of if it is Satan, okay. It may be at first you don't realize it. You think it's you think it's natural situations. You think it's, but if it continues and then you start praying, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. Mm, that's good. And there is the gift of discernment, especially if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have readily available a gift from the third person of the Godhead that will help you to discern whether this is caused naturally or whether there's a demon behind it. So when that woman with the humped over back was in the synagogue and Jesus healed her, it wasn't just a physical condition. He said she had a spirit of infirmity. It was Mm. the devil causing her to have back problems. But Jesus discerned that. It wasn't clear. It's not like she was seizing and being thrown into fires or, you know, extreme like, like manifestations. Yeah. Right. It can be mild or it can be blatant. So you'll know if the enemy is behind it. And some of this is going to feel subjective more than objective, mm-hmm. but that's because it is subjective. If you are in a battle fighting against the enemy, God works through you one way. He speaks to me another, but the Holy Spirit has a way of letting us know. And, and I've had it happen where I thought it was natural circumstances or people causing my problems, but then the longer it went on and I sought the Lord and I said, God, you, this isn't getting better, mm-hmm. then I had revelation through the Holy Spirit. Hey, this is not natural. This is supernatural. Yeah. There's a demonic force behind it. And then my whole attitude changes because then I go into warfare mode. Yeah. Then I start taking authority over the devil. You fast. You pull up. You pray. You, you, you get in a whole different mindset. You go into battle mode. You throw your fist up and say, okay, devil, so so you're behind this? 
you better get ready because it's fixing to get on. Yeah. Because I'm going to unleash all of heaven on you. Yeah. Okay. And you, you, here we go. I know who you are now and I know what you're doing and you're fixing to get whooped. And that's when the victory comes. Yep. Okay. But you can't blame everything on the, don't see devils behind every bush and blame Mm -hmm. everything on the devil. Yeah. Sometimes it's just our own bad decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think this is interesting too. Demons are knowledgeable, but they're not omniscient. And I, I think that's one thing worth pointing out too to like Satan and to the demons is they are not omniscient. Just like the angels we talked about are limited in knowledge. They're limited in knowledge. Yeah. And I think that's part of why, you know, when we speak of Satan, he's not God. So he he's not um omniscient, he's not omnipresent, he's not everywhere at once, he's not all powerful. He relies on his demon army to do his bidding. He's not God, though. You know, he's he's limited in space. He's limited in whatever he's relying on his Entire. army. And even then, yep. they are um, they they are limited. But they do know certain things. So, like when we read in the Gospels, consistently they're calling out that Jesus is the Son of God, and he doesn't want that information revealed yet. So he commands them to be quiet and cast them out and yeah. different things like that. So um, they do have some knowledge. Uh, James says that um, even the demons believe and they tremble. Yeah, they know. They believe faith. God. They're more aware of God than a lot of humans are. People say, I don't believe in atheists. I don't believe in God. Well, the devil does because the devil knows him. He quoted scripture. The, the, devil, the devil knows scripture. The devil knows scripture probably better than most Christians. Yeah, exactly. So he knows God. Um, yeah, I'm going I'm to deal with one thing. If Paul went to Philippi, and Paul and Silas ran into a woman that had a spirit of divination. Now, what that meant was she would she would predict the future. Mm-hmm. And she was a slave girl. These guys would use them, and so people would pay money to them, and then she would she would predict the future for them, and they made a lot of money that way. Well, somebody must say, okay, well, isn't that doesn't that mean the devil knew the future? No, the devil didn't know the future because that would make him, you know, omniscient. Mm-hmm. What I, what my understanding of that is because they operated in the world of sinners, the devil is in control. He's the god of this world. He's, mm. a, he's the prince of the rule of the air. So rule of the air. So. He controls the sinners. So he could predict something that's going to happen. People pay money. Well, then the devil make it goes, goes and makes it happen <laughs> because he's in he's in control of those people. But then those people think that the woman with the spirit of divination is yeah. something special. And so Satan is creating this image of I'm powerful and I know everything, and people just ooh and all over it. It's smoke and mirrors smoke and is mirrors. what it sounds like. Right. It's, it's manipulation, which is what the devil does. Mm-hmm. And he tries to manipulate through fear and through lies. That's his two main weapons: fears and li- fear and lies, and or deception, and um, that's how the devil always operates. But here he is limited in knowledge. That's good. Well, I say now that we've kind of established what they are, who they are, their their nature. Let's let's, let's talk about what they do. And so first, um, demons receive false worship. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter ten verse twenty, he says this: No, I implied that what pagans sacrifice. They offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. And so it's clear that Paul's saying that there are pagans who are sacrificing to pagan gods, um, but what they're actually doing is sacrificing to demons. So though they might not call them demons, they may think they're actually sacrificing to actual gods. There's some kind of demonic, um, actual demon, demonic presence, demonic force, demonic mind behind all of this, yeah, there there is, and I would agree with that. And I, I know people who, I mean, I think people who are listening to this podcast are probably people who are Christians, have a Christian mm-hmm. background, and uh, 
this is a pretty strong statement, but to say then every other religion in the world, because we would consider those religions false because they don't adhere to the Bible. So yeah. whether that's Buddhism or Islam or whatever, that, yeah, behind it, uh, yeah, I might take acceptance of Judaism because it yeah. obviously flows from the God's covenant, Old Testament, the word, but that there is a demonic spirit. And there there are doctrines of devils. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about doctrines of devils. Yeah. So there, there are false theologies. So you have to get that. There are demonic doctrines that come across perceived or presented as theology. Yeah. But they're actually originated by the devil and they're contrary to the doctrines of God. So I would believe that. And I, I think it stems all the way back to the idols of the old times, mm-hmm. everything up to what, what we experience. Well, today. what does that mean for today? I think that's something worth asking is, um, you know, we don't typically have people. I think we can talk about false religions today, absolutely. So any other religion, but um, do you think it even could it even stem to ideologies and philosophies? So oh, we're not yeah. going to name a religion, but is there a demon behind abortion? Is there a demon? Is there some kind of demonic falsity behind that? Does that make sense? Influencing our the world's mind. Oh, there's the way no they doubt. Think. I think that's part of the world system because yeah. it's under the control of the devil. Now, mm-hmm. absolutely, ideologies and philosophies that are anything that's contrary to the truth of God's word mm-hmm. uh, uh, is going to stem from the devil because yeah. he's a liar and the father of all lies. I'm going to tell you an interesting dream I had one time. You, now, our listeners got to know we're Pentecostals. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in life in the Spirit, the flow of the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, we believe God still speaks in dreams and visions. I had a dream one time. And if you ever have a dream from God, you'll never forget it. But I had a dream that I was walking through what looked like a Middle Eastern bazaar. Looked mm. like something back in the day, you know, Alibaba. That sounds bizarre. It, it was very bizarre. <laughs> Thank you. And as I'm walking through this bazaar, I turn a corner. So you get these tents, and it's, it's just like a Middle Eastern bazaar. Mm-hmm. And I turn a corner, and there's this idol. And there's incense being offered up in front of it. Mm. And I'm looking at it, and it is the idol Mullock. Ooh. So I knew what it was in my dream. And if you don't know Moloch, Moloch was this Old Testament god of the of the nations of Canaan. They would sacrifice their babies to it. I really believe the spirit Horrible. of Moloch is behind the spirit of abortion today. Absolutely. So I see this, and this voice comes out of that wooden idol. And it says, it's a demon. Now, I'm dreaming this in my sleep. Moloch is Lord. That's what I hear. Mm. And in my spirit, in my dream, I'm standing at my, the Holy Spirit rises up. and Oh, you talk about ticked <laughs> off. I looked at it in this voice. I said, no. I said, Jesus is Lord. And what I did in my dream, the demon shot. It was possessing the idol. Yeah. It shot out of the idol like a cannon. <laughs> it shot it up in the air. And it, then it fell back down and went into the idol. Mm. And then my dream ended. Wow. But I feel like God was showing me some things. About mm-hmm. that spirit of Moloch, but it also showed me it was, I mean, that's a cool dream. Is yeah. that is that there is a spirit behind every mm-hmm. false system and idol, but that Jesus is Lord and greater than those systems. That's crazy, and it, and it makes sense too. The demons would um, would receive false worship. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they want. If Satan is their Lord, he wanted to be Lord. He wanted to be God. Yep. He wanted to receive worship, and so they will deceive and do everything that they can do um, to get that. Well, they want to keep people worship. from. Yeah, sorry. And they want to keep they want to keep people from worship God. Absolutely. So they got to get them worshiping something else. Yep. So it may not be, you know, I just talk about an item. It could be money, mm-hmm. it could be your sports car, it could be your hobby where you like to work on cars. Uh I've seen people worship golf. They play golf all the time. Mm-hmm. It could be your sports team. 
It could be your financial portfolio, your career. You can turn anything into a God. If you worship yeah. it and think about it more than you do God, if it's what you think about all the time that you never think of God, guess what? you got an idol in your life. Well, a lot of the old the 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 old pagan gods served some purpose like that anyways so you would worship the god of rain or whatever to give you good crops mm-hmm. you would worship the god of fertility to you know produce children i mean it's the same concept we're just not worshiping gods but we can still worship the god of money without you know sacrificing and asking for that god to give us money does that make sense you exactly. still worship the thing that it's providing right. and in reality you're telling god that he's not sufficient, he's not enough. Exactly. That's what's so evil behind it. Um, we've or, already, or you don't matter as much to me. Exactly. This thing matters a whole lot more whole lot to me. More. Yep. Um, we, we've talked about this, and, and I think we need to go uh, in depth in this. What Satan and his demons do is they deceive the world. So in, in the garden, in the fall, we see Satan distort um, cause them to doubt and to deny the word of God. So it's really um, through distortion, he, he tells them, you're going to be like God. Well, God didn't say that. You know, that's not true. He gets them to doubt. He says, did God really say that you're going to die? Um, or, or excuse me, d- deny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he denies, you're not going to die. You're you're going to be like God. So he he twists and turns and and does all these really crafty things. That's why the Bible describes him as being crafty. He's sneaky. Um, he's he's very crude. And so um, what, what we're going to see in, in the world and through these false doctrines is um, a lot of what they're going to come up with is not just – it's not stupid in the sense that it's just so unbelievable and so dumb no one would ever buy into it. But it's really sneaky. It's really crafty, um, and he and he and he works in these ways that he knows how to get us. And even through through deceiving us through God's word, um, it's not only false religions and different things like that, but even through heresies using the Bible and distorting God's word, just like he did. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, he de- he deceives the world by distorting and denying, getting us to distort the wor- word mm-hmm. or to deny the word. And that's what we're seeing in American culture, where people used to have a sense of of the Bible and things the Bible said and the morality that resulted from the, those truths, moral truths. We have an ignorance of those things, and we're just so we don't know it, or we're just absolutely denying it and saying that's not true. That's not the case. We're not accepting that, and and then we're creating our own truth. We create theological like liberalism basically by twisting God's word and and really making it fit whatever culture we live in to make us feel good. Right, and that's the devil. I mean, look, the devil got rid of the Ten Commandments. Yeah. He took the Ten Commandments out of schools. He took the Ten Commandments out of the the, the courthouses. That's the law of God. It's the moral law of God. Mm-hmm. So that's what Satan does. I've got to either remove it, or I've got to take truth and distort it. Yeah, and and so the the role of the church and the children of God is that we are the we are to declare the truth mm-hmm. and defend the truth and help say no. This is what thus says the Lord. And First John talks about this chapter four verses two through three. It says, "By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, or the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world." And so, even when we look at you know prophecies, if someone claims to prophesy, or we look at um, theologies, if someone claims that 
you know, the Lord's leading me and he's teaching me here. Um, something that John specifically calls out here is things that are directly anti-Christ, against Christ, things that deny Jesus. I think, I think we see some of the earliest heresies are Christological. They go against the person of Jesus. It was happening in John's day, and we're going to see it now. Um, some people uh, can't really picture him as actually a man. So, for instance, in John's day, they thought he just appeared to be a human, but he wasn't. I think our problem today is that a lot of theologians, finger quotes, want to completely humanize Jesus but deny his divinity. No, Yeah, and you can't do that. Yeah. You, know, you have to take him as God in the flesh. Absolutely. It's both humanity and divinity because that is mm-hmm. the solution to the sin problem. Yeah. Because if you can attack one or the other and diminish it, yeah, Jesus loses his importance. He can't do what he came to he do. He can't do what he came to do and be who yeah. he came to be. And then I like this. First John five nineteen says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, that's a, that's a scary statement. <laughs> lies in the power of the evil one, which just kind of shows why they do the things that they do. Yeah, he's the God the of this world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is that's why he told Jesus, "I can just worship me, and I can give you all the kingdoms mm-hmm. of the world. They're mine to give." Um, but again, that's that's true up to a point. God is still ultimately in control. They're pawns mm-hmm. on the chess board, and Satan is too. Yeah, yeah, God's exactly. still in control. Well, let's move on to this next point, and this is probably what most people are thinking about. Most people wonder about. They have questions about. Um, it's very clear that demons possess individuals. They even possess animals. Um, there are people who have demons. So throughout the Gospels, we see this take place. We see demon possession in children. You know, it caused them to seize, to foam, cast themselves in flames and different things to try and hurt themselves. Um, we see one man who is demon-possessed who couldn't be bound by chains. He was that strong. Um, the garrison demoniac, um, he actually was possessed not just by one demon, by, but by a legion of demons. They said, we are legion. And wasn't that 6,000 if you took a Roman army? It was thousands, yeah. Yeah. So he was possessed by thousands of demons. And it could be that he wasn't possessed by thousands, but it just could have been possessed. That legion was a name representing. Yeah, strength or something. Uh, well, an unbelievable, still an unbelievable number. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we see demons causing people to be uh, mute and deaf. Um, we see Jesus cast demons into pigs. So he cast them out of. Uh, a man and into the pigs. So apparently animals can be possessed, um, but I'm, I don't think this is the norm. I don't think we have to go around casting demons out of animals. Unless you're a cat. Yeah, unless you're a cat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All the cat lovers are getting mad at me now. I'm just kidding. Just a joke. Just a joke. That's hilarious. But we do see um, demon possession. Now, before we move on and some other um, topics, I don't know if this is the proper word. Can we discuss the the, the metaphysics of this, like who are we and what are demons that we are people that can be possessed and demons can possess people? What, are, what is our nature or essence? I know that's like a, that's a deep conversation, but maybe that gets back into the trichotomy discussion. What does that mean about how God made us? Well, it's kind of crazy. No, there's an answer. We're, we're spirit beings. Okay, you, we, we're spirit beings, and so there is a spiritual aspect to us. 
we're not very aware of it a lot mm-hmm. of times because we're so used to living in a physical world with a physical body, and so we focus on the physical material. But there is a spirit. When you got saved, your spirit man was made alive. Mm-hmm. So you became aware of it when you got saved. If you're saved, if you're listening to this podcast and you got saved, you got born again, you became keenly aware of that spirit because that became that it, it resurrected. It came alive. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit joins with your spirit. Yeah. So he who is one with the Lord is one with him in spirit, the Bible says. So there is a union of the Holy Spirit of God with your spirit. So that's why we say you have the Holy Spirit inside of you or the mm-hmm. spirit of Jesus is inside of you. So then you become even more keenly aware of spiritual things or spiritual life or spirituality, but you're you're learning it from a holy experience because it's God. Yeah. Okay. But take that and go to the opposite end where somebody gets involved in the occult or a, a door is open through drug use and there 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 are certain activities and things that we don't don't can't say this definitively can't give a can't give a, can't a, give list, a list yeah okay but just from anecdotes and experiences in history certain things certain styles of music different lifestyles open the door to demon possession and so where a holy spirit of god joins with your spirit evidently the unholy unclean spirit somehow connects with your spirit man and then takes up residence and possesses you and then mm influences and controls you and Mm. to the point that you know metaphysically what you say is then it then it is expressed because just like where i'm in the spirit the holy spirit lives in me and then it affects my soul affects my mind my heart my thinking my emotions and then it is reflected in my physical being what i say what i do what i don't do how i react same thing when once you're possessed by the devil then your mind becomes corrupt demon possessed people have a terrible filthy mind their heart is filled with wickedness. They have evil in their heart. They want to hurt people, do bad things, deceive people. And then they do crazy things like uh, get guns and shoot people mm-hmm. or or trick people or deceive people or try to hurt people uh, because it is the devil in them. They get supernatural strength. I mean, that, that uh, demoniac from Gadara uh, that you talked about, he could literally break chains in two, yeah. which a normal human cannot do with normal strength. Mm-hmm. But it was because he was experiencing supernatural strength, just mm-hmm. very much like Samson had the Spirit of the Lord on him, and he could do supernatural strong things. I was about to say, and on, maybe on an encouraging note, we see you know Satan manifesting in people and demons manifesting in people, but... On the opposite end, if we have the Holy Spirit of God, like that should give us some confidence right there. Oh yeah. We've got God, not just a just a demon, not a fallen angel, but we have God on the inside yeah, of the us. Yeah, the power of God. That's we, right. We should rest in him and be pretty confident in what he can do in and through us, through our minds and just through us. Um yeah, that is that's kind of crazy to think about though, um, that we could actually be um possessed. Um what does it say? This is kind of funny too. What does it say about animals? Like the fact that the pigs could be demon possessed metaphysically. We'll use that word again. What does it say about them? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're getting into an area here. That's, it's kind of, <laughs> I think it's really, it's a gray area. Uh, cause you know, I say, okay, was well, a pig got a spirit like a man? Well, the, cause they, the pig's not going to be filled with the Holy they're spirit. They're not going to be filled with the Holy spirit, but somehow, the, the the demon can enter into mm-hmm. that physical 
body of the pig and possess it. That's just crazy. Uh, but, you know, my dad said this. I mean, obviously, we never want anybody to commit suicide. So it's yeah. not dad wouldn't have said this. But it's just kind of a light humor thing. When, when those pigs were, um, uh, when they got possessed by that legion, they ran off a cliff in the water and killed themselves. I know. And my dad used to say, pigs, some pigs got more sense than some humans. They won't put up with the devil in their life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think he was saying That's you funny. should kill yourself. What dad was saying is don't put up the devil in your yeah, life. Get exactly. saved, you know. But uh, anyway. Well, to, to kind of wrap up the conversation, this can be the last point that we talk about. Um, I've kind of I've titled this section in my notes, what, what do demons do? You know, they receive false worship. They... Uh, they get you to doubt and they confuse you. They possess individuals. This was my favorite one. Uh, they get cast out. <laughs> yeah, that's what demons <laughs> they get do. Defeated. They get They get cast out. <laughs> uh, Exercise. So, talk to me about that. We we see obviously in the Bible everywhere Jesus went, he's casting demons out. He gives this power to his uh, his disciples, to his apostles. Um, what does this say about the authority of demons? How do we see demons reacting to Jesus when he begins to cast them out? And then what does this mean for us today? Well, I, you know, I think this is a great way to end because you're right. It is October here and it's East. I mean, um, Halloween's right around the corner. You know, those who are listening to this podcast or they're listening to it somewhere right around Halloween. Um, Satan, Satan is powerful. Satan is supernatural. The devil, demons are powerful. Demons are supernatural. They do possess people. All of that's true. But the reality is Jesus has more power than the devil. Mm-hmm. The devil's just a created being. God is God. He's a divine being, the one and the only. Okay? So when Jesus interacted with demoniacs, he came to set the captives free. Told us he came to bind the strong man. Right. And so he will bind up the devil and then set that mm-hmm. person, tell the demon to leave. It's authority. Jesus has authority. And so Jesus exercises authority. The devils may be rebellious and seem independent, but they still have to yield to the authority of God. Mm-hmm. They, they have to. He created them, and they are ultimately responsible and accountable to him. Yeah. Okay. So they they understand authority. They know that if they don't, you know, one time they were scared to death that Jesus was going to throw them into the abyss. Yeah. They said, we'd rather at least have the freedom to roam and do what we're doing now than for you to put us in a deep, dark hole forever. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there is authority. And so Jesus would exercise that authority. And when he told them to come out, they had to come out. So it doesn't matter. Now, they, they take possession, uh, depending how long they've been in people, whatever. They they feel like they own that person. Mm. They don't want to let go. And so Jesus comes and says, no, you have to let them go because you don't. they don't belong to you. Yeah. You know, ultimately, they're not yours. And if I'm telling you to come out, they come out. So how does that affect us? Well, the, the odds of our listeners— Encountering a demon-possessed person and exercising, it's not E-X-E-R like when you do calisthenics, yeah. but E-X-O-R-C-I-S-I-N-G, exorcising. Think Exorcist, the movie. That, that's, it's, you know, it's real slim, but the reality is it might happen. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us, we start talking about demons, people get terrified. I've pastored for years, and people just, I've seen people get terrified. They're just scared to death. The reality is the devil— is more scared of you than you are of him. 
Okay. Why? Because you've been given authority over the devil. Yep. So you've been given a badge and a gun. You need to use it. Okay. The badge is the authority. The gun is the power to enforce the authority. So God has given us the power that we have the authority to tell the devil what to do, what not to do. And we have the, 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 the gun, the power to make it happen. If it doesn't, then we can bind the devil. We yeah. can put him in handcuffs and we can, we can say to him, all right, here's the consequences. So, but so many people don't know. They're just terrified. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, and so the devil knows it. it's fear. And so if the devil could keep you afraid or keep you ignorant, because deception and fear is to, and make a deception, make you think that he's stronger than you, then he's already won the battle. Kind of makes me think about the, I know this is a goofy analogy, but the Wizard of Oz, you know, that he puts on this big front and then they realize he's just a man behind a curtain. <laughs> exactly. That's all he is. And I think that's what Satan is doing to us. He, he wants to put on this big front like he's this big, scary something. And he's a defeated foe. <laughs> when you talk about Jesus, he is. Now, within mm-hmm. the realm of the world, in sinners, he is powerful. Mm-hmm. He's a supernatural, powerful being. But when it yeah. comes to God and the people of God and the kingdom of God, look, I was doing a Bible study when I was a youth pastor years ago and at a house. And one of the kids in my youth group who was there brought a friend with him. I knew the kid looked a little strange, a little different, but he was okay. I could tell he was okay, but I thought, man, this kid's been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, after the Bible study was over, we got to talking, and he opened up to me. He was in Satanism. Oh, my God. He was a full-blown Satan worshiper. And he's telling me all the stuff. And I knew enough about Satan worshiper, the stuff he was telling me. I knew he was it was legit. And so he was telling But what happened is he heard the gospel, and God set him free. He got saved. Mm. So he was there that night. He was loving Jesus. He loved Jesus. Oh, he was saved when he walked in. When okay, he walked yeah. in, he was saved. But he had been in that and got delivered mm-hmm. out of it. And so he told me. I said, well, tell me about it. I said, how far were you? And he told me. He said, we put curses on people. And he said, what happens is we're asking demons to do stuff to people, and he said they do it. He said, but they do it, and then they trick us into thinking that we control the demons. But he said they're only doing it to trick us because the reality is they're controlling us. Mm-hmm. He said that was the lie. He said, but then I got saved, and he said, I'm free. He said we could never put spells on born-again believers. Wow. He said we could put spells on sinners all day long, but he said we could never ask them because the demons can't cross the bloodline. That's good. He said, they couldn't do it. He said, so you'd try to put a spell on a Christian. He said, it wouldn't work. Hmm. He said, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is the thing he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, but let me tell you something. He said, with all these things I'm telling you about the devil, here's what I know now that I'm born again. He said, God has more power under his pinky fingernail (laughs) than the devil has in his entire kingdom. That's great. So we have more power than the devil. We just have to learn to exercise that power and authority. Mm-hmm. And even if you ever and did encounter you know, the believers uh, who are listening, a demon-possessed person, you don't get all you know, you don't get all fired up, you don't get scared, you don't start freaking out. You just need to stay calm like policemen do when they're dealing with somebody, a criminal. You just stay calm and you and you know, you know, you may have to pray and say, "Okay, God, now you've given me authority. I'm not going to get all out of bent shape here. I'm just going to operate in your power." And then the devil knows that because he's going to be checking you out when he knows that you come over and you could just quietly say, now listen, devil, I got more power than you that Jesus has given me and God has authority over you. And in the name of Jesus, you come out of that person. You have to do what I tell you to do. You don't have a choice. Yep. That's how you deal with it and you just stay calm. A lot of people know who Perry Stone is. He's a big televangelist and and uh, I remember I heard Perry Stone say when he was a young evangelist in Virginia, he was in a Church of God camp meeting. 
there was a demon-possessed guy in the altars. He said he and several of the young evangelists, they were down there, and man, they were praying, they were they were yelling, they were speaking in tongues, they were trying to, and nothing was happening. And said so the state overseer walked off the, the platform, I think it was a, a Bishop Kennedy, if I remember who it was, and Perry went over and got him, said, Bishop, come over here. So we got a young guy's demon-possessed. We can't, we're trying to cast him out. He said he never got worked up, never got. He said, okay, Perry, walked over. He looked at the guy and said, devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of him right now. And Perry said when he just, that calm, when he said it, he said the demon came out of that guy. There was a manifestation. Mm-hmm. The demon left. The guy was set free. He said, okay, Perry, you take it from here and get him right with the Lord. I'll see you later. He walked on. He had somewhere to go. And, and Perry Stone said, I learned that night that it's not all the hype and getting all bent out of shape. Yeah. It's just quietly exercising the authority that God has given you. Mm. We've got more power than the devil. As a child of God. As a child of God, yeah. It uh, reminds me of the the seven sons of Sceva who tried to manipulate God's power, manipulate Jesus, and it didn't work. They got beat up. (laughs) Yeah, and he said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, because they said we, in the name of the Jesus that Paul Talk preaches about we yeah we, you got to come out and he said Jesus I know and Paul I know but I don't know who you yeah. are but so as, as a born again Christian that's you that's your power I think I preached your Lord yeah I preached a sermon one time I think I, about that and I named, mm-hmm. I entitled it known in hell <laughs> and you want to be known by hell mm-hmm. you you want the devil to look at you and say I know who you are yeah uh, we've got a a guy in our church is a police officer. He arrested a guy one night and had him up in the jail, and they were processing him, and it was his job to watch him while they were processing him. And he said he knew the guy was off balance, and he said the longer I was around him, he said I realized he had he was demon-possessed. And the guy looked at him. The devil, the devil started talking. He said, you know who I am, don't you? And the guy in our church said, yeah, I know who you are. And he said, I want to kill you and your family. He said, if I could, I'd kill you and your family. Mm-hmm. He said, but I can't. He said, I'm not allowed to cross the bloodline. He said, That's I know crazy. He said, I know who you are. He told our yeah. police officer who's born again, spirit filled, he said, I know who you are. And he said, I'm not allowed to touch you. That's crazy. It's real. Yeah. It's a real. Some people say, nah, it's not real. It's real. But my friend, he said, I wasn't worried. He said, because I knew he couldn't touch me. Yep. And he said, it wasn't just because I was a police officer. He said, it's because I knew I was a child of God. That's powerful. Yeah. So today, you know, walk in, walk in freedom, walk in that confidence. Don't walk freak yourself victory. out. Yeah. And just as a practical point, don't go see movies. No. They seem to glorify demons' power and all that. Stay away stuff. from horror flicks because it's just stupid. really and truly, because devil, the devil uses that to create fear in people. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen good come out of it. Yeah, it's just not uh, I've always it. seen the believers go into fright mode, mm-hmm. and it deteriorates faith. And the enemy always uses it. Yep. Uh, and now people say, ah, yeah, I'm going to go watch what I want. Well, go ahead. But I'm telling you, it's going to affect you. Yeah. Uh, it's what you put in your mind. Yeah, it's just not going to be helpful. Garbage in, in garbage way. out. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks so much for listening today. I, I hope that you've enjoyed our discussion on angels and demons. Um, if you would go to the High Praises Church Instagram page, High Praises Church Facebook page. If you have any questions at all about any topic, um, send us a direct message to those accounts, and we just might answer your question at the end of a future episode. And if your question is deep enough, big enough, awesome enough, we might even do an entire episode on your question. And as usual, send this podcast to somebody. Um, give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. That gives us more exposure. 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a great and spooky Halloween. And no, we can't we don't. wait. I'm just kidding. I do hope you have a great Halloween, <laughs> great but Halloween. not spooky. Uh, but uh, we can't wait to see you in November. Y'all have an awesome month. See ya. <laughs>